so I'm packing like eight different coats and I got like 10 pairs of socks and then like one pair of underwear, (laughs) one pair of long johns and one pair of pants for the nine day trip. Coming to you from Minneapolis, Minnesota, a conversation about the great and sometimes not so great outdoors. I'm your host, Lynn Melling, and I'm Jody Gruen, and we do this for fun. If you're not yet familiar with the twins, they're our husbands, Andy Gruen and Ian Planchon. Okay, let's dive in. Okay, so we, should we talk gear? So this is the moment that we've How all been waiting for. How much time do we for. have? So, um, so the twins love gear. It, that's an understatement. Would you agree? I love jackets. I'm a huge it's jacket an addiction. Fan. It's out of hand. <laughs> Out of control. Out of control? Uh, I mean, you know, there's there's people that are way worse. I mean, I, <laughs> like I'm, I feel completely in control. Yeah. I, I know when I'm purchasing this jacket. <laughs> I know what I want. I know why I want it. I know how much it costs, and then it's in my hands. And then I, you have, how many coats would you say, or jackets? Parkas. 20 maybe. More than that. E- each one has a very specific use. <laughs> Where though. do you store them? Do you have That's like wherever I can, wherever I can Do find you have a, like a, a wardrobe a downstairs? Or I was wondering <laughs> no, this myself the other day about you, Ian. It, it depends on on what it is. You know, if it's down, I try not to keep it stuffed away somewhere because it's got to keep its loft, so it has to stay kind of packed in an airy environment so it can expand and keep you warm. Uh, Gore-Tex items, they can get crammed anywhere. Um, but we, I typically I have just a giant bin full of coats, mm. and I have maybe three or four of them that are stashed strategically around the all house. Right. So Lynn doesn't lots know they're all together. So Lynn doesn't know that where they all are. Well, actually, oh, Lynn's the one who put oh, them in all those bins because okay. she got sick of them being in one spot. Oh, my gosh. It yeah. was like they were all hanging on one hook, and it was that thing where the door couldn't open all the way because all the coats were hanging there. So she like took them all down and moved them. Now they're really hard to get to. Yeah. It's kind of like if you have a plate full of food, but you push it and space it out, it looks like you have less. Yeah. So one of the reasons, though, that I, that Jody and I talked about wanting to start this podcast, among the many reasons, was just about how women are really left out of the conversation when it comes to gear. And like, for instance, we went winter camping, and I want Ian wanted to get me wool pants and a wool vest, and we went through Filson, and they don't make any of that stuff for women, so I'm having to wear like man clothes, and I just think there's such and and Jody, tell okay, so talk about. Jody, when you first were starting to get gear, where did you look for it? Yeah, so the tip that we got was to go to the boys <laughs> section and just go like to the big boy section. If you're I mean, if you're a smaller woman, you can fit into boys' clothes. So we bought long I bought long underwear, I bought boots, I bought whatever. And yeah. also too, like in terms of like our from a cost perspective, children's clothes are half the price of adult clothes. <laughs> so Um, I mean, and that was, I mean, that was quite a long time ago, but that was just like a, like a hot tip that we got. It still fit like boy stuff. Yeah. Um, I was, I was recommending to Jody, she get a good pair of Sorrells, like a no joke pair of Sorrell boots. But when we went to look at women's boots, every woman's boots had like fluffy and yeah, floofy fake fur or even at REI, like back then it was just very, they were all boots to look cute. None of them were boots to like to function through deep uh-huh. snow yeah. and, and right. not get frostbite. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so the men's gear was all good 
technical warm winter gear men's and boys yeah. and boys gear was good yeah. warm winter gear but the women's yeah. and girls not so much and this was a while back and i know women's stuff has come a little bit further but and maybe but i I, I, of, I don't know about I girls don't i don't so. know aubrey what about aubrey for your daughter I, I, like are you finding I, no, what she I have needs to, i have to go to the boy section as well um yeah th- but i mean a lot of it has to do with i'm very particular with the gear um, using the winter camping trip as, as an example, like I'm extremely particular about what you bring and what you wear when you're winter camping. Um, and for Lynn, like there, there is no comparison to wool when you go out in like sub, you know, zero, like 30, mi- like minus 30 degrees wool, you cannot beat. And so I was like, oh, it's fine. I'll go to Philson's website. We'll go get women's wool pants, a women like wool vest, and it doesn't exist. It's just not there. And thanks, thanks, so, Philson. So before you go further, just so that every, <laughs> everyone listening can and know why, why is wool the superior fabric, especially for winter? Okay, time? so it, it, as far as I've been able to ascertain over these years, wool number one keeps you warm if it's wet, and in the wintertime, if you're wearing wool you sweat. It just happens. Right. And if you're wearing anything else like cotton, you sweat, it accumulates. And this, this happens in the summertime as well, but it accumulates and it stays on your skin. Whereas wool, it like it wicks the the moisture away, but even if it is wet, you're still warm. And then the second feature is it's highly breathable, right? And so you get, you get breathable and you get insulating factors that are much better than cotton. Third it's actually quite fire resistant, which is awesome when you're in a hot tent and you don't have to worry about your clothes melting to you. And it's like, you, it's a very durable material that keeps you warm, keeps you dry and won't burn up and melt. Except you can't put it in the dryer or it'll shrink and then you'll get it, all trouble. It is very susceptible. And so that's the only so problem. It'll, it'll get felted and maybe that's the effect you're going yeah. to. One other thing, one other reason, and I don't know, like I, I, I just think this is a funny reason um, hundred percent wool, like a uh, polyester really picks up body yeah, odor it is. and really holds yeah. on to body yeah. odor, but hundred yeah. percent wool doesn't pick up on yeah. body odor. Right. So when you're camping and you're right, <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't transfer to your sweater in the same way that it would transfer to a, um, like stretchy Lycra t-shirt. Right. Right. And so now see, we're in the gear section, so we're going to get crazy here, but this is Lynn's favorite part. And whoever ends up listening to this story is going to be absolutely (laughs) disgusted by this as well. But one of the trips I do every year is I go on the Iditarod and that's the dog sled race that goes from Anchorage to Nome. It's roughly a thousand miles depending on the year. Um, and I go there to document it, uh, as a camera, camera guy. Um, I'm on what's called a snow machine team or a snowmobile team. If you're from anywhere other than Alaska and we drive the thousand miles with the dog teams from Anchorage to Nome. So we're doing the race every mile in the middle of nowhere. Um, I wear wool long johns. I wear wool pants. I wear a wool shirt. I wear a wool vest. And then I have the technical layers over that. And for nine days, I don't change any of it. Because there's just no time. Right? And Lynn hates it. Because when I go to pack, I'm packing like eight different coats. And I got like ten pairs of socks. And then like one pair of underwear. (laughs) One pair of long johns. (laughs) And one pair of pants for the nine day trip. Um, But to your point, Andy, it just doesn't stink. It's amazing. I could come back and still wear it for another nine days. And it would be great. But anyway, long story short. 
it's ridiculously hard to find uh um it's not hard to find women's gear it's it's hard to find women's technical gear or just functional gear that actually works because you can find tons of gear at rei that kind of works and it's good for one trip Mm -hmm. you know it's like this is our waterproof awesome parker or whatever and you go out it worked well once and then you come back and then all the waterproofing is washed off because they didn't use it right because they didn't think the women are actually going out there that long and the next time you go out, it uh, doesn't work as well. And it still costs as much. Or, or even yeah. the major brands, yeah. you know. I mean, like I, I think North Face is a fine, great company, but they make good straight cotton sweatshirts that I'm sure wearing to high school would yeah. be awesome. But, you know, they sell those at REI, and, and someone someone who doesn't know better goes and says, oh, look at this North Face sweatshirt. I'm going to take yeah. this camping. And there's... There's no technical value to the cotton sweatshirt. In, in fact, when it does rain and it does get wet, the cotton will lose its luft. You'll get super cold and you'll, you know, cotton is rotten. I, right? Yeah, this, so, this, so this, I the saying we had was cotton kills. Like it's, yeah. Yeah. That's, so the two of us have sayings for cotton. There you go. Jeez, you guys are dorks. <laughs> okay, but the thing is, though, is that marketing wins, yes. right? So... You know, like Patagonia is such a huge brand. I mean, and I know Patagonia makes like nice, also nice gear. Is it as good as people think? I mean, it's a, you know, North Face, you know, whatever, like even um, shoe, like shoe brands and stuff like that. Like what would you, I mean, if you were going to recommend to people to actually go and buy things, where should they buy clothing or gear from? Do, is it going to like a big retailer like REI or is it going to specialty places for your needs? So, so before, whenever I try to get someone kind of cued into camping, one of the first places I try to take them is the thrift store, right? Cause there's, there's a lot of things that you can buy if you know what you're looking for, like a um, 100% wool sweater for two and a half bucks that you don't mind getting smelling like smoke or, you know, whatever. Um, finding things like a nice ripstop pair of Army fatigues at an Army-Navy store. Or, you know, there's, there's a lot of clothes that people can get into. There's a lot of gear that people can get into on the super cheap, on the super thrifty, right? Used market, whatever. And then I think you augment that with a couple key couple of key pieces, right? Like, uh, footwear, I think is a place where, um, you know, especially if you're walking or you're traveling any distance, that's, that's a place where you could step up and spend some money and, and get like some really nice gear. Also like outerwear, like coats, like the outermost, um, you know, Gore-Tex or whatever your outermost layer is. That's another place where like technology has improved substantially beyond what you can just find maybe at a Salvation Army. But, but there's also a lot of great um i don't know a lot of new stuff that's fantastic but also a lot of used places uh where you can snag that stuff and and find really good deals on Mm -hmm. it you know what i find with gear uh with the the women's gear versus men's gear is men's gear is built to function and the women's gear is made with the same materials but built to look good right and so if you were to go by, uh, it, you know, a lot of my lessons are learned in, in cold environments. And so that's like, I would say it was my specialty is surviving in the cold. Um, and one of the things that most people do wrong is they buy clothes that fit too well. 
right? And so there's no, there's no pocket of air between you and the next layer that insulates. And I find that with women's clothing, everything's tailored to fit perfectly. And, and, mm -hmm. and people with marketing, as you said, marketing wins and the, the men, it's okay for them to look rugged and a little less form fitting and they're looked at as hardcore. But the women has to have the perfect tailored coat and it has to fit all the curves just right. And from a functional aspect, like you look at that and you're like, there's no way that's keeping you warm. And there's no way that's, keep I mean, it's keeping you dry, mm -hmm. but it's not keeping you warm because you can't layer under it. Um, and so going back to our winter camping trip, I was buying Lynn sizes that are like two or three times more than she needed just so she could layer or keep a pocket of air in there. And I, you, I mean, you stayed relatively warm, mm -hmm. like. You know, it's cold, but you're warm. With my fjord even on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think, yeah, it's, it's most people make the mistake of buying the size that fits perfectly and not the size that's right would be where I'd mm -hmm. go with that. No, I'd agree. I, I think there were a couple times where Jody went out and would buy shoes maybe at the summer off season, but would be wearing, you know, really thin summertime ankle socks. And not thinking about like, oh, when I wear these in the winter, I'm going to have like three sets, uh, you know, like capoline and vapor barrier and wool socks on underneath. Yeah, it sounds so, like you need yeah, multiple it's... pairs of shoes. Like you multiple pairs of yes. coats. Yes. Well, <laughs> yes. This... <laughs> well, no, I mean, Andy has definitely turned me on to like the idea that there are things for different Absolutely. seasons and for different reasons. I mean... Our bicycle collection is gigantic <laughs> and I understand why now. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't, when I met mm -hmm. him, why he needed like 10 bikes for himself. <laughs> but now I understand why we need 40 bikes for four people. <laughs> we don't quite have 40, but I mean, but it's the mm -hmm. same thing. You know, I think whatever you get into, I think you start recognizing that there are the needs based on whatever situation yeah. you're in. Yeah. I would agree. Yeah. I, I mean, I hate to admit it. Because I have spent a, a lifetime making fun of Ian for his gear purchases. But it's, I mean, one of the things I've learned is it's true. Like, if you have the right gear, you're going to stay warmer. You're going to enjoy, you're going to enjoy your camping trip or your outdoor, whatever it is that you're doing outdoors. You're going to enjoy it a lot more if you're adequately geared up. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, if you, Lynn, sorry, go for it. It killed me to say that. So. <laughs> oh, no, no, Lynn, I was thinking about your, 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 uh, your boots, your hiking her boots. Your Oh, oh, no, oh, the other her, ones. Her Oh, her anus. Oh, my gosh. how that came about? Oh, my anus. It was you, well, all you. Uh, yes and no, it? it was. We were driving, um, it was just you and I. We, we had, we were kid free that weekend. We drove up to Grand Marais. And um, the kids stayed home with my parents, right? And we went to go. No, you're wrong. This is, we I'm were, wrong. yeah, we went, it was with the kids. We were going up <laughs> to Gunflint Trail for spring break. And I did not bring the right footwear. But the oh, because you yeah, had, you had winter boots. Yes. And, and so, but I didn't have hiking boots. And yeah, so we stopped at Stone Harbor in Grand Marais, which is Ian's, one of his favorite places on the face of the earth. He hopes, love that place. He hopes to work there someday. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> but I went in and I'm like, I just need a pair of hiking boots that are waterproof. And this, the, the lovely woman who was helping me, she, she was speaking so reverently about these Anus. Like she was so <laughs> in love with trying to sell me this pair of, these are Anus. And, and it was just, it was, it cracked me <laughs> up because the way she said it was just as, as though this was a sacred pair of 
boots and that's all it was just a pair of boots but she was so excited about about that so anyway it's my it's my joke along with Fjallraven my my (laughs) (laughs) but they worked you know what at the end of the day though they worked they kept my feet dry and warm and they were worth every penny so I think it's funny too though how camping gear has become like hip yeah I mean like I know I mentioned Patagonia and Andy mentioned North Face or whatever but I have a pair of Danner um hiking boots that I bought a couple years ago that nobody blinked an eye at, but this year I'm getting compliments all over the place. Like those boots are so cute. Like I'm like, they're camping. I mean, they're like, they're for camping. They're hiking boots, you know, but you know, now it's like, where did you get those? You know, but so would you guys say, I would, do you think that it, that camping and the gear it's becoming more trendy now? Is it, is there like a, People are embracing it. Like, what would you, from your perspectives? From my perspective, it is it is trendy to do the wanderlust thing, and so and oh, yes. not to knock anybody who's doing it. That's great that they're getting out there and doing it. But there are plenty of people who are doing it just because they saw it on Instagram, and you know it's they, you know they're like, I'm gonna quit everything I'm doing. I'm gonna go buy some hiking boots and I'm gonna go live in the wilderness. But they're buying the things that those Instagram people were paid to model. And so that gets yeah. you back to buying the wrong thing because somebody told you it's the right thing. Um, and, but you know, there, there are brands that people are modeling that, that are good brands, but again, the wrong sizing, but whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that's a, it's definitely a trend that people are, are latching onto right now. Cause especially now with COVID, like the only thing we can do is get out into the wilderness. That's the only place we can actually not have to worry about anything. Mm-hmm. Right. And so everyone's doing it. Um, so it's, yeah. And for as much as people complain about the fact that everyone's going outside, that's yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Like that's the best case yeah. scenario. Like <laughs> that's, that's where everyone yeah. should be going. Like, you know, I mean, I know overcrowding is a thing and I know there are issues in certain towns at certain times, but I, I don't know, like the movement for people to go outside is a really positive one in, uh, from my yep. perspective. I agree. Stay tuned for more from the twins on future episodes. We Do This For Fun is supported by 515 Productions, a high-end video production business based in Minneapolis. The website is 515productions.com. And did you know that Jody is also a health and wellness coach? Check out her website at jodygruen.com. If you like this podcast, we'd love your support. Please rate and review us and hit subscribe. Learn more about us at wedothisforfun.com. Music.